welcome to the Photo Field Notes podcast, where you'll find stories, tips, and inspiration from professional photographers to get you taking action in your own business and making your business dreams a reality. Hey, this is Ali Ciardo, and this is the time of year that I just love so much because I'm a total sucker for setting goals and reflecting and looking at the new year and setting plans. And I think part of that is just for fun. And part of that is actually really necessary in our businesses for business planning and business bookkeeping. So let's talk a little bit about how I prepare for the new year, how I look back, how I reflect and how I just get myself set up for success in the year ahead. First off, I always make sure that my books are balanced at the end of every single month. So I list out how much is in each account in my bank at the beginning of the month, plus my profit after my expenses, plus the sales tax that I brought in, minus my owner pay. So I make sure that when I add all those things up, they add up to what's in the bank and that everything's balanced. And if you want to see my spreadsheet, you can download it at photofieldnotes.com slash bookkeeping. It's pretty straightforward, but I know it's easier to look at it and then hear me explain it. So I'll make that available to you if you want to just use that. A lot of banking or a lot of um, bookkeeping systems will make this really easy for you. I just like to do this part in a separate spreadsheet um, in part because 17 hats makes that a little bit harder and in part because I can then play with the numbers a little bit more in other ways. So in another tab of the same spreadsheet, I list out columns and I'll tell you what they are so you know kind of how I'm planning for the new year. I list out columns. One is my clients' names for clients who have already booked. So this is obviously easier for wedding photographers who are booking further in advance. I have another column for the dates that are booked, another column for their package price, a column for expenses associated with that booking, like travel or hiring a second photographer, and then a column for whether the wedding has a second photographer, a column for expected profit for that booking, which would be like after travel expenses or after product expenses or after second photographer, et cetera. So again, this is easier if you're booking further out, but if you're a portrait photographer, you can go back and listen to my episode with Jessica Weinstock. She's a portrait photographer and she books her portraits in bulk, I think all at the end of the year or the start of the year, and she charges more for weekend sessions. So she does actually have a lot of these bookings in advance where she can predict what her year is going to look like, which is so awesome as a business owner. So again, you're going to be able to see this all. So if you are having a hard time following along, maybe just pause and go to photofieldnotes.com slash bookkeeping and download the spreadsheet so you can actually look at it and it'll all make sense to you. So once I've listed out what I have booked, I figure out how much money I already have set to come in for the year. And side note on this, I did end up setting up a separate account in my bank account for projects that are booked with deposits that I haven't done yet. So if I get a wedding deposit, I tag it as future year wedding in my bookkeeping. So it's really easy to break out in my bookkeeping how much money I brought in this year that's actually for future years, future years work. And then I put all of that money for a future year in its own account in my bank that I don't touch until after the work is done. Okay, so now I know how much I'm going to make based solely on what I've already booked. And then I look at what I spent. What were my expenses in the last year? And this year I went through and I looked at where I felt like I overspent and what I want to cut from my budget next year. So I decided I probably won't outsource my own weddings next year. I'll probably only outsource it if I have associate weddings going on on the same weekend because I can actually handle my editing pretty well if it's just me. If I have more than one wedding in a weekend, I might need to outsource. 
And I decided I don't necessarily need to pay for an assistant to be there at every single wedding, or at least not through the entire wedding from start to finish. And I decided I'm not going to pay to go to conferences unless maybe I'm speaking at one or if I'm going to the Rising Tide Leader Conference where I only have to get myself there and there's no extra fees. And training, I'm going to cut back. So I looked at everything where I was like, yeah, I overspent here. I could definitely cut this back. And I set a new budget for the year. So that's important as a business. You need to have your budget for the next year. And you can base it on what you spent so you have a rough idea. And then maybe figure out where you overspent, set your budget, you're good to go. Oh, one more thing I'll cut. I've talked about this in the past. I'm going to cut my merchant fees through Stripe because I started charging 3% on any invoices that are paid by credit card. And most people just kind of follow up on this. Most people actually pay by check or e-check now. So it's just as easy on my accounting, but it usually costs me $5 or less, even if the transaction is thousands of dollars. So it's really saving me a lot of money doing that and nobody's complaining. So I'm going to keep doing it. Okay, so I've looked at my expenses, I've looked at what I'm going to cut and what I expect to spend in the next year, regardless of how many clients I book. And remember, all those individual client expenses like second photographers and travel are listed out in the spreadsheet with each client. So then it's really easy to say, here's what I have booked so far, minus what my expenses are going to be, my set expenses, and now this is how much I still need to book to meet my goals for the year. So for me, as I'm heading into the busiest booking season for weddings in January, I know that I want to book five more weddings for myself or 10 weddings for an associate or some combination of that. And so now in my spreadsheet, I go through and I list out all of the weekend dates that are during the typical wedding season in Michigan. And again, if you're a portrait photographer, you might be listing out potential portrait dates instead. But I add rows between my booked dates. So every single wedding season weekend has a row in my spreadsheet all the way down from basically May until the end of October. And then I go through and I make any weekend that I know I want to take off. I just highlight that in red. And that way I know I'm giving myself a break. I'm not working too many weekends in a row. And then I can make any open weekend that I'm willing to work green. So now I know how many open weekends I have and of those, how many I want or need to book to meet my numbers. And then I'm also pretty good at predicting my portrait income because it's been pretty consistent for the last few years. So I add that in as I'm looking at how much I expect to make. And then I also add in expected income from products, product sales. And I always estimate a little bit low for this one to be safe. So product sales usually ends up giving me a nice bonus beyond the budget that I've created for myself. It usually ends up being extra money for me in the end. So again, if you do portraits and not weddings, you can adapt this. So you can still create a spreadsheet with weekend dates or even just print out a little calendar for the whole year and go in and use a red marker and a green marker and figure out how many days you're willing to shoot which days you know you want to take off, how much money you need or how much money you want to make, how many shoots you need to make that work. And then this might also be the time when you realize that you need to raise your prices a little bit to make those numbers work. And here's the fun thing. So once you've done that, whether you've done it in Google Calendar or in a printed form or in spreadsheet, whatever it is you've used to figure out those days, once you know when you're willing to shoot, you can use a tool like schedulonce.com, a calendar tool for booking clients. And then you can go through and you can preset every single session date in the calendar for the whole year if you want to that your clients can book from. 
And I even go through and I look at when the sun is going to rise and when it's going to set. And I enter every single session time into that booking calendar ahead of time. And I make sure that it's based on the best light of the day. Like they're going to book the session at the best time of the day. And I don't have to look it up through the year. So it does take a little bit more work up front, but it ends up being really nice because then it's done for you. It's planned out. Or you can sell them in bulk if you want to just do one big bulk sale like Jessica does. And you can make your weekend dates more expensive. You can just sell what's available. And schedule once. I know there are other tools, but schedule once is only $5 a month. So it's definitely worth it for all the time it's saving you. And it's just like making for a better client experience. All right. So you have planned out how many weddings or how many sessions you still need to book, what you want to make, what your expenses are, and when you want to work. So now it's time to take a look at your bank account. If you've been planning ahead, you've hopefully saved extra money in your account so you can pay yourself if you have slower months, if you live somewhere like Michigan where it's cold and it's slower season. So for me, I leave a lot of that bonus money from the extra portrait sessions and product sales that went above what I predicted in my bank account until the end of the year. And then I budget out what I need to keep in the account to cover my expenses during the slower months. And even honestly, I'm crazy conservative. So I usually leave enough in my account to cover all my expenses for the coming year, which I know is kind of extreme. You don't have to do that, but you do need to leave some money in the account to make sure expenses are covered. So generally at the end of the year, I pay myself a really nice bonus from the extra money that wasn't a part of my initial budget from the year before and what money doesn't need to stay in for my expenses for the next year. And the other thing that I always like to do around the start of the new year is just evaluate my workflow and see what could be better. You know, was anything confusing or could anything be made to run a little bit smoother? And then I adjust that. It could be emails, when they go out, just anything in the workflow and the client experience. Just write it all out and figure out how you could make it better. So this winter, I'm planning to add more videos to my workflow where people will get videos instead of just text. As soon as they, for example, like they fill up my contact form, they get a video. So I'm hoping to record more videos for my workflow to make things easier on people. Um, so that really wraps it up. That wraps up the Photo Field Notes podcast for 2018. Our whole family is going to take next week off. We're just going to hang out together at home. We're going to be going to an indoor water park together on Wednesday when the podcast would usually come out. So look for new episodes in January. Have a wonderful holiday season, a wonder, wonderful Christmas, a wonderful New Year. Whatever you celebrate, have so much fun. And I'll see you in January. Thanks for listening. Check out show notes at photofieldnotes.com. And if you loved this episode, leave your review on iTunes. See you next week.